Bobcat fans. Support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. I know I always say it whenever I play this band, but of all of the bands, there's a lot on my bucket list, but I think it would be maybe realistic for them to come nearby. If they did, man, I would love it. Little Queens of the Stone Age for you here on your Tuesday. Welcome back. Nuwana's Now. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Appreciate you for hanging out with us here on your Tuesday. Missed anything in the first hour of the show? Give you a recap of the weekend that was all the way around the wide world of the state of Montana. Also give you our top 10 fun fun facts, top 10 storylines right now in high school football from around the state. We heard from Kyle Mihalish, who's part of one of those fun storylines with the Helena Capital Bruins remaining undefeated at the Class AA level. And we also heard from Levi Weshi, who's got his team on the brink of a uh, Eastern AA top seed after their crosstown victory over the uh, Gallatin High Raptors. And now Billings West Bozeman, they'll square off for the uh, Eastern AA uh, top seed. We also did our Treasure State Stars. Giving you the best of the best. Individual performances from around uh, the state as well. All of that can be found on the Nuanas Now podcast. Probably presented by the M Store. M Store's got a new location downtown Missoula, Broadway and Higgins. Beautiful store. All sorts of Grizz gear for you. And uh, they also have a great... Uh, selection of Apple products as well in the uh, Nuance Now podcast, also presented by the Montana State Bookstore. Montana State Bookstore is doing something cool. They're taking some of their proceeds, some of their revenue, and uh, making sure that the textbooks there at MSU are at a lower price than uh, what normally would be. So taking the burden off the kids, that's always a good thing. Please rate, review, subscribe to our Nuance Now podcast. Any and all uh, subscriptions is much appreciated. really helps us with our uh, analytics, and also just, you know, it makes us feel good to know that millions of you around the world are listening in. It's actually really funny to click on the analytics and see where some of you are coming in from. It, it's actually maybe way more uh, surprising than you'd think. We you know, have a lot of listeners in the state of Montana, around western Montana, outside of the western Montana, eastern Montana, all that. But we also have a lot of... Um, people from just around the country, but also a lot of people from around the world. I mean, there's a little pockets uh, outside of the United States too, which uh, I find fascinating. Technology is amazing. Thanks for listening. If you're particularly, if you're listening in from a foreign land, awesome. Uh, we love having you. We love all listeners, but uh, it's just cool to see, you know, like little dots over there and in, in uh, Europe and stuff like that. And, and uh, I think we even have some in Turkey. That's uh, it's awesome. Uh, thanks for tuning in, please though. Spread the word. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell everybody. Get the Nuanas Now podcast in your life. Get the ESPN MT app in your life. Great way to follow along with us, all the stuff that we got cooking. You want to be a part of the show, you always can. 
1029. That's 888-1029. I get asked by people sometimes that, you know, somebody that wears many hats in the sports media world, and we have our show here, but I also uh, spend a lot of time as a uh, writer, sports writer and, and podcaster, as well as, you know, obviously doing this live radio show, and, uh, you know, do a lot of hits and analysis on other people's stuff uh, a lot as well. And uh, one question I've been asked kind of a lot lately is, with all the technology and the ability to stream all the games, why don't you just sit at home and just watch all the games instead of going out and about and going to games all the time? Well, the answer to that question is multifaceted. I won't bore you with the business and exposure side of my theories, but I will say this, and maybe this will change someday, or maybe this will uh, be di- maybe this is different for some of you. But I see things way different when I'm live and in person, particularly when it comes to the interactions of competition and competitors, as well as the dynamic of teams. I think you can see the dynamic of a team much better in person. So we're going to get into our all Big Sky uh, preseason votes. Crazy to think that we're less than a month away of for Big Sky Conference basketball. The, the actual conference season is not going to open up until late December, but we have Big Sky Conference teams will be in action as early as late October and early November. So we're just a couple weeks away. Last week, the Big Sky had us submit our preseason polls and our preseason all-conference teams. And I'll start this conversation with this. Uh, on the women's side for MVP, I voted for Darian White for Montana State. On the men's side for MVP, I voted for Dylan Jones from Weber State. The answer to the why is point blank simple. If you watch them in person, they're the best players. You can you can make yourself confused or give yourself different ammo for arguments. This shooting percentage, that number, whatever. Dylan Jones averaged 12.5 points and 10.1 rebounds per game. He's the top rebounder in the league last year. His 12.5 points, though, wasn't even, I think he was 13th, 14th in the league. Scrap it. It doesn't matter. If you watch him, what he does, how diverse he is on the court, his ability to make things happen and make his teammates better, his status as the focal point of the Weber State Wildcats as well as the alpha dog on the court, it's so clear when you watch them in person. There's other guys that were, I mean, Dalen Coots from Northern Colorado is one of the leading scorers in the country last year, and he was great, and he helped Northern Colorado be in the mix all the way down to the end uh, and, and be, you know, flirt with the number one seed and all that stuff. But to me, it was so clear that Dylan Jones is, is the, the most diverse, impactful, and best player in the Big Sky Conference. It's the same thing with Darian White. She is decorated beyond belief. She has been all Big Sky three years in a row. She is one of the best floor generals I have ever seen uh, in the Big Sky Conference. She's the Big Sky Conference Defensive Player of the Year. But you still could argue that someone like Beyonce B from Idaho uh, or someone like Carmen G. Filler from Montana, who are both outstanding and back for their final seasons at their respective schools, uh, they do have better statistics than, than Darian White, just in terms of like the scoring and maybe the shooting splits. But nobody does more for her team in Big Sky Conference basketball, period, men's or women's, than Darian White. And this is a hill I've been standing on for a very long time. But, again, that's why I think it's important to watch, especially, and basketball is so striking when that's uh, occurring as well. I mean, 
you know, Chris Paul's a great example. When Chris Paul retires, his statistics are going to be very good. But if you analyze him against the other greatest point guards of all time, just based on his statistics, you're selling him short because his impact and his ability to dictate the tempo of the game and influence so many elements of the game is what makes him outstanding. Darren White is very much like that. Uh, she's sort of the Chris Paul of Big Sky Conference uh, women's basketball. Uh, Andrew, I know you follow this stuff. Uh, what What do you think? Did, did you have any? Did, did you have any arguments with my my MVPs? I think that some people might. Well, I guess the biggest argument on the men's side would be that the Big Sky MVP from a year ago in the actual regular season award, Jabril Bello, is still back in the league and he's still playing for the defending league champs. I'm a big Jabril Bello fan, but I think Dylan Jones is way more impactful uh, in the scope of the game. What say you? Well, I would also say that Jabril Bello is another kind of guy who sort of has that impact that goes beyond the box score, though. I mean, how many points? Here's a stat for you, Coulter. Dylan Jones was actually 17th in the league in scoring last year. Wow, yeah. 12.6 points per game. Who was the guy right above him? Jabril Bello, 12.8. He's not not filling up the bucket, but I just think that the impact that he had on that Montana State team last year and the player that he's grown into uh, over the course of his career at Montana State – I definitely think he's got an, an argument there, and I, I think does. you're going to be kind of hanging out on an island with your Dylan Jones pick just because the league MVP from last year is returning, but I like it, and I like the reasoning. I also think that the coaches in the league would... would uh, it's so interesting, though, because the coaches are the ones that voted Jabril Bello, but I, I know for a fact that there's certain coaches in the league that have a crazy amount of respect for Dylan Jones, um, I, I think Bellow's a great player, and I think if Bellow takes the next step, I think he's a pro. I, I don't, I'm not saying he's an NBA guy, but, I, I well, he, he's a pro no matter what, <laughs> depending on what level of professional basketball he wants to play because there's just not very many humans that are like him. I mean, he's 6'9", 250, and he's a freak athlete. So, you know, he's got some, some, uh, some natural gifts to be sure. Dylan Jones... I think you, well, actually, both of these guys, and I think it's actually certainly it's it's part of the narrative of the league, and also maybe a little bit of a referendum on the league as well. Guys that are really big and really skilled have a hard time in the Big Sky Conference because the officials don't know how to officiate them. Like I think Jabril Bello would probably score two to three more buckets a game if he was officiated correctly. He plays a short limit, a minute limit sometimes because he gets in foul trouble. Because he just is bigger and stronger than the guy that's guarding him. And if you want to just flop over a couple times, you can get him two quick ones. But I think the the reason I I chose Jones over Bello is I hearken back to the semifinal game in the Big Sky Tournament last year between Weber State and Montana State, which is one of the best games we saw at that tournament. Bello was good, but he needed a lot of help to take over the game. Jones flat took the game over. He took the tournament over, and I think he just has a more diverse skill set. So the other thing is, though, too, is Jabril Bello has kind of like the Shaq thing going on. And and yes, Shaq, during his absolute height, put that all to rest when he was just, you know, 30 and 15 every night, just dunking on everybody. But no matter how good Shaquille O'Neal ever was, people always wanted him to be better because they're just like, well, this guy's just the biggest dude to ever play the game. He is just the biggest freak that we've ever seen. Why doesn't he just win the MVP every single year and win the championship every single year? I think Bello suffers from that a little bit as well. If you voted for Bello, I think that's a worthy one. I think he'll actually be the vote. Uh, I think that that's who's going to be anointed as preseason MVP in the Big Sky Conference. 
But I, I just think Dylan Jones has the, more of an ability to take over the game in more different ways. I uh, Weber State. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Talking some All-Big Sky Conference basketball. We submitted our votes on Friday. So I uh, will let you know when the teams come out. Uh, any dispute on Darian White? I mean, I actually thought as much as I love Darian White and always stand on the table for Darian White, thought that one was a little bit tougher of a selection just because I think Beyonce B is such a great player at Idaho as well. Beyonce B is really good. I think Carmen G. Feller is going to take a big step forward this year. The player that I would put into that discussion, of course, the Sacramento State's is Nel Natabo, who I just, we don't have to argue about this. I'm just going to throw it out there. She averaged 15 and 11 last year with the number one leading scorer in the conference on her team that wasn't her. No doubt. And, and if you've ever seen the young lady, I mean, like I said last year, she's the Alonzo Morning of Big Sky Conference Women's Basketball. I mean, she is incredibly intimidating. She is so strong. And she she was 15 and 12 last year with being, like, really, really raw. Like, if she adds, if she takes a, a next step in her hands and her touch around the basket and she gets more minutes and more opportunities, I mean, if they, if they decide to make her the central piece and the focal point, her stats are going to be undeniable as long as she doesn't get hurt. Yeah, I think that's exactly right, and she was doing it last year just all off athleticism and size and pure power, and it was just, it was incredible to watch. I mean, she shot 64% from the field, Coulter, and it's because nobody could stop her from getting layups. Right, because all she does is just have to, I mean, for those that haven't paid attention to this, Isabel Natabo is is about 6'5". I mean, she has a distinct size advantage over everybody in the Big Sky. I mean, the other, the other six five. There's a couple other, you know, six three plus gals in the league last year. Uh, no, no meaning, no need to demean any of them, but they're about half the athlete that Isabel Matabo is. So, um, she's a tough guard. And, and again, if she could add some touch, look out because you're right. I mean, all she was doing is just splitting and sealing and just getting it off the glass. I mean, she has really no go to. Offensive move besides just post you up and dunk on you, basically, like women's style. Or the offensive rebound and play yeah. volleyball with it off the glass, you know, two, three times. But she's incredible to watch, and I just think that there's a world where her statistics are just so undeniable this sure. year. But I'm, I'm with you on Darian White. For sure. I'd be interested to see how the vote plays out, because uh, I think Beyonce B will get a lot of love, too. I mean, she has had a great career uh, at Idaho, and it's been it's been fun to watch sort of the dueling careers between Darian White and Beyonce B, they were like the two main candidates for freshman of the year. And uh, then, you know, the two sophomores that were up there on like that first team all league. And uh, Darian White's got that trip to the NCAA tournament. And then the other one that was kind of robbed from her and Beyonce B, who knows, they might've been in the mix to, to win the big sky tournament the year that the COVID canceled everything as well. And uh, they've had some heartbreakers at the big sky tournament as well. So uh, a lot to play for, uh, in writing the uh, the final chapter for those two young ladies in a Big Sky Conference um, women's basketball. Here's our uh, here's a look at the way I voted for our All Big Sky men's team. I, I did have Jabril Bello, the reigning MVP for Montana State, on my preseason team, along with Dylan Jones, the MVP that I voted for. I also had Raekwon Battle for Montana State. Thought he was one of the most talented players in the league. Uh, they brought him off the bench last year, and they did it. Uh, that that strategy worked to such uh, great results for Danny Sprinkle's squad there at MSU. I also had Josh Bannon from Montana. 
uh, on the squad. I think if he can take the next step, he could be like an MVP type guy. First team, all, I mean, I, I have him as my first team all league forward, but I think he could be definitely like a true dominant player. He was good. He's actually very good last year at Montana. I think they have an opportunity to play through him way more this year with some of the uh, roster attrition and other additions that they've made. I think the addition of a couple shooters, mainly Deshaun Thomas, will help spread things out a little bit. I also think having less dribble drive guards will be good for Bannon because you can just play out uh, through him out of the high end, low post. And I think he's a guy that has an exceptional work ethic, so I, I would be shocked if he didn't get better uh, here going into his junior year. Also, had Dalen Kuntz from Northern Colorado, who averaged almost 22 points per game there at UNC, uh, declared for the NBA draft, didn't hire an agent, and ended up coming back uh, to UNC. And then I had Steel Venters, who former walk-on guy who really took huge strides a year ago. He was the fifth-leading scorer in the conference. Uh, he averaged um, 16.7 points per game and uh, a really fun guy to watch. The other, the other guys I considered, and it was very interesting to look at the list of nominees, Sac State, they have a new coach, and uh, he brought in all sorts of transfers. So they actually nominated three of their transfers to the All-League team. We'll see if anybody votes for those guys, having never seen them play in the league. But the other guys I considered uh, for this uh, all-conference preseason team included Brandon Whitney at Montana, Jalen Cohn of Northern Arizona, who was the second-leading scorer in the conference, almost 19.5 points per game. Angelo Allegri from uh, Eastern Washington. And Carson Tout, who's one of my favorite guys in the big sky. But I just, you know, when I'm thinking preseason all-league, I'm thinking like the top five guys in the conference. Tout is an amazing player. I think he would fit in on a lot of different teams because he's just so tough. He plays great defense, one of the best rebounders in the league, one of the best physical specimens in the league. And just sort of like a glue guy, a, a, sort of a, a, an energy guy for NAU. Cone, I left him off because he scores a bunch of points, but they were 6-12 and 12 in league play. So, you know, you're filling it up for for what is the point, you know, right? Like how far is your 19 points getting you? He's a, he's a talented guy for sure and a, a good place to build. But, but the NAU guys I didn't put on the squad just because um, of their lack of team success a year ago. And uh, then Whitney, I think, is also a guy that's going to benefit from Montana's additions and attritions because uh, Whitney's a great defensive player. I think his offense is underrated. And I think w- when he doesn't have to worry about uh, what, whatever Robbie Beasley's going to do or whatever Cameron Parker's going to do or, or whatever, he can just be way more of a, an on-ball focal point I think he has a chance to make a big step, but but couldn't justify putting him uh, over Kuntz or Venters or Battle on uh, on my uh, preseason team. What do you think of this? Uh, any any debates or uh, arguments here, Andrew? No, I think that's pretty clear, actually. Surprisingly clear, that starting five. I mean, Jalen yeah. Cohn's got an argument for sure. I just couldn't get there with him. For, for what you mentioned, too, he's such a tough evaluation because... You know, he's not an incredibly efficient scorer. He's shooting 35% from three, which there are a lot of guys in the conference who shoot better than that. But the degree of difficulty that he's doing there for Northern Arizona is so tough. I mean, if you watch him... He's off the dribble. He's pull-ups. He's small, so he has to work for his shot. He's a great scorer, but yeah, I just, in the end, I couldn't really get there with him. And then, you know... I think there's really only one spot on that first team that's up for any debate, and that's Raekwon Battle, whether you think he's going to take a step forward 
starting this year instead of coming off the bench? I think he does, so I think that that starting five is pretty set behind the MVP pick. Yeah, I uh, I agree, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. I also have a skewed view of NAU because NAU's only won a couple league games the last two years, but they won in Missoula both times they came here. And so you're sitting here like, I watched NAU's best games. So I, I think more highly of Shane Burkhardt's squad uh, than a lot of people. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. We're probably going to save our polls for a little later on. Maybe we'll push those on down the road to later on this week or even into early next week. But here's how I voted for my All Big Sky women's team. I already mentioned Darian White, Montana State, as the MVP. Also had Beyonce B, who's the other main MVP candidate there from Idaho on my uh, All Big Sky preseason team. Carmen G. Filler from Montana. Cola Badbear uh, from Montana State. Isnell Natabo from Sac State. And then Hannah Simital from Northern Colorado. Uh, I thought this was pretty cut and dry, too. Um, anybody else that maybe was a, a candidate or a nominee here? Yeah, I think this one's a little bit more interesting. Uh, I would have Callie Bourne yeah, on Callie the team Bourne. over, over Simmental. She's one of my favorite players in the league. And you're right. I, I actually forgot to put down my other candidates. Callie Bourne and Hannah Simmental was definitely a, certainly a uh, an argument for sure. And the thing with Callie Bourne here, she's going back to her natural position this year. She's going to be running point for Idaho State because Dora Golesh exhausted her eligibility and is now on their coaching staff. Right. And Diaba Kanate transferred out. Right. You forget that Kelly Bourne came into that program as a point guard and is really comfortable having the ball in her hands. And because they had so much ball handling and so much shooting around her, she sort of got forced into that undersized four role, and she's been their leading rebounder for the last three years because she's so tough. But she really is going back to uh, more of her natural role. And that's more of a natural role for what Susan Sobolewski wants to do. Too. Right. I mean, Dora Golesh was such a skilled player and such a great combo guard. And Diaba Canate is such a great athlete. She could do so many things on both sides of the ball. But he likes that power point guard, right? I mean, that's kind of been the trademark, whether it was Sailor Grandin or, or uh, Callie Bourne. They've had several sort of in that mold, you know, strong, get to the rim, uh, self selfless type point guard. So maybe it's a, even a, a, a return to position that's more familiar to her head coach as well. Yeah, and then I think there are a couple other players who could make this uh, interesting. I'm, I'm kind of watching and, and waiting for one of the two young Eastern Washington players to take a step up between sure. Jadia Martin and then Jacinta Buckley. I think they've got two really good skilled players, uh, sort of wings combo guards who can put up stats down there. Um you know, somebody from NAU, Regan Skank, the yeah, point Regan's guard down really in Flagstaff, she should be considered, too. She's sort of the the quintessential. I mean, if we're comparing somebody to Chris Paul, yeah. just in terms of running an offense, Regan sure. Skank is right up there. So I think there's a lot more debate for me around uh, the last couple spots on the women's team. Well, and here's the one that maybe people aren't considering because she wasn't nominated because she didn't play last year. But Gina Markson was first-team all-league two years in a row in Idaho. Now she's playing in Montana. How much rust does she have? How does she fit in with the Lady Grizz? What role does Brian Holsinger have for her in his second season? How does Markson mesh with G. Feller and Sammy Fatkin? I don't know. I, I think the Lady Grizz, and, and this is a, uh, this is a uh, statement of the obvious because I think the Lady Grizz are always going to be one of the most interesting teams in the league because they're either back to being the Lady Grizz or they're not. And either way, that's interesting. But I think that they're the most one of the most interesting teams in the league because 
They have Sammy Facken getting her super senior year reinstated and, and coming back for one last go. Gina Markson coming back after a year off, not playing hoops at all. And then Carmen G. Peller, who's been quietly one of the steadiest players in the league coming back. Uh, so I, I actually think there's a lot of intrigue there at Montana. I also think that their ceiling and floor is so vast. I mean, if those big three can't really mesh, they might just be stuck in the middle of the league. If they can mesh, they might run away with the conference championship. I think there's a lot of different ways that it could go for Montana. Yeah, and we'll talk about this when we break out the polls, but they're a tough evaluation. You know, that's why I'm so excited to see them play those first couple of conference games because, man, I think Brian Holsinger is going to be experimenting a lot in non-conference, sort of figuring out what rotation works around those big three. If there's a young player... Uh, who he can step, who can step up and play big minutes with those three, uh, but when it turns into conference, I really want to see what they're gonna have turned into after sort of that first couple months. What is now? ESPN Radio. We'll roll out our All Big Sky uh, polls, our votes. Who's gonna finish where? Our predictions. We'll do that later on this week. Uh, we're up against it, so we're gonna get out and come back, and boom, Major League Baseball playoffs coming at you. What's gone down since we last talked about this on the show? A lot. (laughs) A lot, a lot. Poor Seattle Mariners fans. That's all I got to say. But there's always heartbreak in the baseball world. And uh, that's what makes it great. MLB playoffs. Next. Keep it right here. Nuwana's Now. ESPN Radio. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. is now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. A little alternative day for you. Fun times, a little fuel for you here on your Tuesday. Welcome back. Nuanas now. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We are coming to you. Through the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport. NWMSRocks.com. We're here at the Missoula Broadcast Company, locally owned and operated for the uh, last 15 plus years and proud to say so. NBA's on tonight. Real, regular season NBA. We got the Lakers Warriors. Coming up here on ESPN Radio right after this. So uh, very much looking forward to that. As I type in uh, ESPN.com to get to some Major League Baseball stuff, the top headline is Ursay believes merit to remove Snyder as owner. All of the things that you could talk about with (laughs) with that headline. I mean, I don't mean to take shots on everybody. It seems like Jim Ursay has gotten his uh, life back on track, but man, when the guy who uh, got pulled over with thousands of 
of uh, narcotic drugs and uh, narcotic pills and tens of thousands of dollars of cash in a suitcase is is turning against you. And and the implication was that the owners weren't going to turn against Ursay or excuse me Snyder because he had dirt on him. Man, it's just going to burn and burn and burn in Washington. I don't want to talk about depressing things though. Although as I look, I hadn't even heard this news, and now I have. Uh, the Cleveland Guardians are out of the Major League Baseball playoffs. I'm not nearly as sad and despondent as our poor friend Riley Corcoran. I was worried about him yesterday. I, I, I felt I, I felt entertained by Sean Rainey's glee of calling in and teasing Riley, but I also felt bad for Riley because Riley is is Riley likes the Dodgers as much as anybody likes anything. <laughs> I mean, he he lives here in Montana, but. Any and every time that the Grizz aren't doing something and he's not calling a game, I always text him, see what's going on, see if he wants to go hang out or something, play some golf. And if he's not golfing, he's in Los Angeles watching the Dodgers. I mean, he, he goes down there all the time. I think that's what he wants to dedicate all of his spare money and time to. And yesterday, he was he was mad, man. And he had to keep it together. <laughs> I wish that interaction would have actually happened like at a, a corner bar or something because I think that that actually would have turned into an argument. But regardless, thanks for being good sports to everybody, keeping it clean here uh, on your radio dial. But here's an update of where we're at uh, with the uh, Major League Baseball playoffs. Over the weekend... The Philadelphia Phillies finished off the defending champion Atlanta Braves. Uh, So my sweet girlfriend is very, very angry. She's a dedicated Braves fan, and we had been watching all of the Braves games ever since the Mets series uh, down the stretch of the regular season. And uh, sometimes you just run into a buzzsaw. I mean, Philly's one of those teams that was just stuck in third gear forever, and then they just hit it hit the gas, and now they're one of the hottest teams in the league, one of the hottest teams left in the playoffs. So Philly gets a a spot into the National League Championship Series. The uh, Indians won on Saturday, the Guardians now. They won on Saturday, take a 2-1 lead, but then uh, the Yankees battled all the way back to win the last two, including a 5-1 win today. So the Yankees into the American League Championship Series. The Padres eliminated the 111-win Dodgers with a 5-3 to three win on Saturday. So the Pods, sort of in the same boat as the Phillies, uh, battled a lot of injuries. They had the Fernando Tatis suspension, uh, which sort of altered the, the narrative around their team. But then they found their groove, and they figured out a way to get into the playoffs. And then they went heads up with their American League West rivals, and they knocked them out. And uh, pretty impressive for San Diego to be able to keep it between the ditches like they have. And now... Move on to the American League Championship Series. So, uh, here we are on your Tuesday. And uh, the NLCS will begin tonight. Phillies playing at the Padres. Uh, Seven-game series now. So, these five-game series are now in the rear view. So, seven-game series here. And uh, as I said, 5-1 Yankees beat the Guardians for their second straight win in that one to win the American League Divisional Series uh, 3-2 overall. So the ALCS will feature the Yankees and uh, the Astros. 
Which one of you fine gentlemen behind the glass wants to grab the mic? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, uh, Andrew's, Andrew's coming in. Um, sort of a, a dichotomy in these uh, championship series um, matchups, right? Uh, on the American League side, I think that's how you, you would have chalked it out. I mean, by the way, I didn't even tell you how. We, we sort of teased about it yesterday, but the Astros got there in uh, – Unbelievable fashion. I mean, you talk about ripping the hearts out of an entire fan base. First, you have uh, the Robbie Ray dilemma in game one when they bring their starter, the Mariners bring their starter in uh, to face Jordan Alvarez in the bottom of the ninth, and he hits a uh, million-foot moonshot out of the entire park for a walk-off three-run home run when you were winning 7-5 to five with two outs to go. That was how game one ended. And then the final game, the, the securing game, it went 17 and a half, or I guess 17 full scoreless innings. And then the Astros got one in the top of the 18th inning, and then the Mariners couldn't get on the board. So they lose 1-0 to close the series out. So the Astros get in the ALCS, and the Mariners in the playoffs for the first time in 20-plus years uh, go home with nothing to show for it. Uh, bummer for M's fans, but... Uh, wouldn't you agree, though, the ALCS is kind of exactly who we expected? I mean, these are these are the two best teams in the American League and two of the best teams in baseball. Well, that's right, and then we've got the upstarts on the NL side because right. uh, certainly I don't think anybody expected the Phillies to be in this position at any point this season. There were points when people probably expected the Padres to at least be in contention for going this deep in the playoffs. But, of course, they've had so much drama with the Fernando Tatis injury, the Fernando Tatis suspension, and then all their big trade deadline moves that didn't look like they were working out for a while. So those are two teams that I'm sure not a lot of people know about, as opposed to on the AL. I mean, it seems like we've been, well, we have been watching this Astros team for years and years and years. And uh, it seems like we've been watching the Yankees a lot this year. Do we have any thought? I, I do think it's it's fascinating to think that it's crazy how good you can be and still have trouble getting going. But then if you can find your stride, how good you can be. I, that's kind of what I think with the Padres. I mean, they had one of the great off seasons we've seen, one of the most – uh, voluminous, one of the most uh, eye-catching off-seasons we've seen with all their additions. And they have so many headlining-type players, both position players as well as in, on their pitching staff. And yet, it takes a while to find the groove. But then when you finally do, if you can, you can surge. At, it seems like, though, they have a systematic advantage in this series uh, on the pitching staffs. Am I am I wrong in thinking that, or where am I at? Because I, it seems like the Phillies have gotten to this point because they figured out their lineup, and they've gotten the lineup now humming right along. And, you know, you got this unorthodox leadoff hitter in Kyle Schwarber, and you got one of the, the great players in, in all of baseball in Bryce Harper. Uh, am I am I off base thinking that, though, that maybe San Diego's advantage here is, is uh, on the bump? I would say that San Diego's advantage is, yes, on the bump. You look at the Phillies starting rotation, the top end of it, yes, very good. Nola and Zach Wheeler, tonight's starting pitcher for the Phillies, both were fantastic in both the wild card round against St. Louis and in that series against, thinking back to it, the the Braves, the Atlanta Braves. Hello. But, um, But, yes, very good in both of those series, but... Then the question becomes, 
it's a little bit more murky after those top sure. two end guys. And the back end of their bullpen is also dealing with some injuries as well when you're looking at Philadelphia. And there were some questions. We've talked about this on this show also, looking at the Padres and Josh Hader in the back end of that pen. Yep. He showed his lumps in the month of August, but heck, in that Dodgers series, that looks like the Josh Hader we're used to seeing. And if that's what the Padres are going to be getting, to me, the big edge is with San Diego. And it's really been wild to watch this team. It's, yes, mentioning this season, bringing in Juan Soto and, you know, the injury to Fernando, or I shouldn't say the injury, the suspension of Fernando Tatis. First the injury. First the, the injury, and then, yeah. and then the suspension, yeah. But... But this has really been a couple of years in the making, them trying to chase down this Dodgers team that's really been at the top since 2016-2017. Started with Manny Machado all the way back in, they brought him in, I believe, 2019. That's really, to me, when the Padres said, all right, we're going to go get Dodger Blue. We're going to go get, you could even throw the Giants maybe into that equation also, them trying to chase down the NL West's best. And... Here they are. They've done it. They've gotten through the Dodgers, and now they are trying to make a run at the World Series. Our Mr. Baseball, Jeff Safford, voice of the Missoula Palheads, but now in this current iteration, also the voice of Grizz Hockey, uh, joining us, chiming in uh, from the other side of the glass, helping Andrew out with the production here uh, of the show. Uh, on the In the American League, last thing on this uh, before we get out, uh, the ALCS, a couple powerhouse lineups. Uh, you got a couple of the, the best hitting teams in baseball. As Andrew said, the Astros, sort of a a familiar uh, group of of characters, particularly like Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman. And, uh, you know, the rise of Jordan Alvarez gives them another intimidating bat in the lineup. But the Yankees, I mean, they got the modern-day Babe Ruth. At least that's what they want you to think with Aaron Judge. Uh, so what's going to be the thing that tilts this series? Because it seems like both teams come in with a lot of power in their lineups and a lot of uh, not a lot of holes in either of their lineups. Well, to me, it's really, I think the power is more important to New York than it is to right. the Astros. The Astros can lean on their starting pitching and their bullpen a little bit more than the Yankees can. Although, you look back at what Garrett Cole just did in New York— on a Sunday, needing a win on the road against a hostile crowd. And Garrett Cole was the million-dollar man, so to speak. He was fantastic in that game against Cleveland on Sunday in a hostile environment with the teams back against the wall. So you look at that, Garrett Cole in a seven-game series, maybe will appear two, three times. Can he pull a Madison Bumgarner, so to speak, and pull that team to the championship? We'll wait and see. And the Yankees can just hit you right out the gates, too. That's what they did to the Guardians today was just, you know, John Carlos Stanton and, and Aaron Judge both went yard early. And, it, I mean, I thought the ESPN lead was perfect. They said they staggered the Guardians, and that's right. It's really hard to bounce back from that. So we're into the Final Four. It'll be fun. We'll have as much of this action on the radio dial for you as we possibly can. What's going on the rest of the week? We'll get you all set up. Keep it right here. You want us now, ESPN Radio. 
Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. ESPN Radio. My playlist has been jacked. That must mean a real DJ is in the house. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. <laughs> Nuana's now ESPN Radio. Missed anything in the show. We had all sorts of high school stuff in hour number one. Had all sorts of Big Sky Conference basketball stuff and Major League Baseball playoffs in hour number two. Find it on Nuana's Now podcast. Probably presented by the M Store and the MSU Bookstore. Tommy Evans back in studio with us. Yes, I am. Uh, the new show coming up in about five minutes yeah. or less on 103.3 The Trail, Montana's Quality Rock. What's going on on the new show today? One word, Coulter. Paramore. Dude, They're back together, man. I love Paramore. Me too. And so I was really excited about the festival called uh, When We Were Young, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. taking place, I think, this weekend in Las Vegas. And nice. it's all these like early 2000s punk rock like throwback bands. Paramore regrouped for this festival. Now they've announced a new tour and a new record. So guess what's going to go out on the, on the trail tonight? Old 2000s punk rock, Paramore. I love it. Uh, I feel targeted when they say when we are young. That's uh, <laughs> that's, that's taking shots at us that aren't young anymore. It should just be when we had more hair. <laughs> you know? It's- Lucky for me, I've never had any hair. First by choice, <laughs> then by God, and uh, here we are. But either way, it's not that much First of adjustment. It's then by uh, God. What else has been going on at the trail? You get, you get, you get playing Sam Fender tonight? Uh, Sam Fender's off my radar for tonight, mm. but I'll tell you what I love more than Sam Fender, the haters. Mm-hmm. I love the hate mail. I think you've gotten some. Andrew, Jeff in the back, you can attest to this. Some hate mail comes in from time to time, and I got some on the trail. I played this song. It was a cover song of a Jimmy Buffett song <laughs> by this band called Artichoke, and this person wrote in and said, Artichokes are great stuffed, but not like that. That was the worst cover I've ever heard. So I'm going to play some more Artichoke tonight. Too. It, it's like uh, I always say, I don't care what you think. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks nice. for listening here to Nuanas Now, and uh, thanks for listening to the, the Trail 103.3. That's right. Click it on up. Tommy Evans on the new show. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Full slate for you. We'll see you then, 4 o'clock. This has been Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know If you've been in an accident, the advocates can surely help you. What sort of expertise do you guys have when it comes to uh, any sort of personal injury accidents, things like that? Uh, It's all we practice. Uh, You're not going to get an attorney who's practicing family law or in court defending criminal cases. All we do is personal injury. We're a multi-state firm, but I'm right here in Missoula. So we have the backing of a large firm uh, with just years of expertise there, too. Free consultations. You can find out more by calling 406-640-4444 or by visiting online 24-7 montanaadvocates.com.